Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with how Texas is handling abortion. Move on to Fox's war on Jill Biden's Christmas and follow all of that up with a new ongoing docuseries, Why the Fuck Are Republicans Impeaching Joe Biden? Let's begin, shall we? Unless you've been living under a rock or just really super busy battling the war on Christmas, you've probably heard of Kate Cox from Texas, but for exposition purposes. In Texas, the Supreme Court there, they have just overturned a lower court ruling that would have allowed a Dallas woman to get an abortion because of medical concern. Kate Cox, who is 20 weeks pregnant, says she will now leave the state to get the procedure. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton issued what can only be interpreted as a threat to Kate and to her doctors. Quote, the temporary restraining order granted by the Travis County District Judge purporting to allow an abortion to proceed will not insulate hospitals, doctors, or anyone else from civil and criminal liability for violating Texas's abortion laws. This includes first-degree felony prosecutions and civil penalties of not less than $100,000 for each violation. The order does not enjoin actions brought by private citizens, nor does it prohibit a district or county attorney from enforcing Texas's pre-row abortion laws against Kate's doctor. And all of that because everybody knows the impeached for accepting bribes and abusing his office, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, is all about pro-life. Just not the life of a mother of two actual children. This Kenny is fine with Kate dying or never being able to have more children as long as a non-viable fetus with a 100% fatal illness be born either still or alive and end up dying several hours later. That's what Ken and the rest of his misogynistic band of disgruntled white Republicans in Texas mean when they say pro-life. But for Kate, pro-life hits just a little different these days. I, I wanted the opportunity to tell my story. I never imagined we'd be in this position. I never imagined I would ever want or need an abortion. I, I think by sharing this story, you know, you can imagine they're pregnant and so happy and looking forward to the baby. And they find out that she will not survive. She'll either die in my belly or I'll carry her to term and have to deliver her stillborn. Or if she arrives into this world, you know, her life will be measured in minutes or hours or days and plagued with medical devices. Um, she would need to be placed directly onto hospice. So imagine receiving that news and pairing that with the risks and complications of continuing the pregnancy and the childbirth. It's, it's overwhelming. So I wanted to share my story because I never would have thought of it before it happened to me. And so, you know, want people to hear it. Kate's story is important. But it's really important right now that the bogus SCOTUS has overturned Roe v. Wade, but not for the reason that you might think. Sure, Kate is being framed as a poster child for everything that is wrong with not allowing a woman the right to access abortion 
with her pregnancy being non-viable, life-threatening, and even potentially causing irrevocable damage to her reproductive health. But Kate's story is also a cautionary tale because Kate is a pro-life Republican who actually voted for the people who are coming after her for needing an abortion. Like Kate said, she never thought she would need an abortion. And let's be honest, most women who end up getting one don't think that they'll ever need one either. But that's why making sure every woman has access to abortion is critical because you never know. And also because Kate Cox isn't the only one. I found out at 23 weeks that she wasn't going to survive. I was supposed to have a termination uh, for medical reasons. When Roe versus Wade was overturned, it was canceled. My doctor said the longer I stayed pregnant, the worse my health was going to get. The doctor told me that because we don't know when my daughter passed, there's about a two-week window when you carry a deceased fetus, when your body doesn't recognize it, that you are at risk for blood clots, infections, or going septic. And then within the hour, I was back going under anesthesia to get an emergency abortion. My baby was diagnosed with fetal ansarca. She had heart failure and renal um, kidney failure. My blood pressure was already increased quite a bit. I was coughing and vomiting constantly. I was already displaying some of the symptoms that could lead to my own heart failure, renal failure. Um, or seizures. I didn't want to wait until I had a seizure, so I traveled out of state uh, to receive the abortion health care that I needed. You just heard stories from women who live in the United States in 2023. They all hail from some seriously fucked up states run by Republicans, such as Alabama, Wisconsin, Arizona, Texas, and Tennessee. All of these women had pregnancies where the fetus was determined by doctors to be not viable. And yet, Bible-thumping pro-life Christians want to force these very much alive women to risk their lives just to give birth. Because why? Well, maybe it's because their God doesn't make mistakes. You know, except when the embryo doesn't develop correctly in utero and then we'll just have to wait nine months to see if the ultrasounds, medical tests, and doctors' expert opinions happen to be, I don't know, correct? Again, I ask, why? And hey, I'm not saying this just for myself. I happen to be asking for every single woman who lives in the United States. Women like these. And anybody out there who thinks, go to another state, just go to another state. I say no because if I, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to leave my home. We should all be able to have the care that we need in our home states. We shouldn't have to flee. A lot of people were like, you know, you, sh you should consider continuing your pregnancy. Hold her. Show her you love her before she passes away. And I said, she has no lungs. If I give birth to her, she's going to suffocate and die slowly. That's not love. I understand where people come from when they say, you know, the fetus, the baby, you know, they have a right to live. Well, so do I. And at what point does my right trump a non-viable fetus? And that right there, my friends, is where the pro-life argument falls flat on its own premise. 
When they say pro-life, I ask, whose life are they pro? Because it's obviously not the lives of anyone who can become pregnant. Let's be honest, women's lives haven't been high on America's priority list since the beginning. But instead of boring you with a history lesson on women's suffrage in all areas of American life, I'm just going to focus on the rights women have obtained in the last 30 years. For example, wives could not refuse sex with their husbands until 1993 when spousal rape was codified into law in all 50 states. Kind of makes sense why women will desperately fight to have the right to access abortion when you consider rapists aren't just sussy men who stalk you on the way home. Or how about the fact that it took all 50 states until 2018 to decriminalize public breastfeeding? I guess being pro-life doesn't include the necessary nutrition to sustain life once we're past that whole giving birth part. But one of my favorite rights women have recently been bestowed is the right to wear pants on the Senate floor. You heard me. Before 1993, women on Capitol Hill had to wear a dress or a skirt to work, possibly getting reprimanded for dress code violations if they didn't. Why men are threatened by a woman in a pantsuit, I will never understand, but here we are. So tell me again how pro-life isn't about controlling a woman's body. And now for something completely different. Oh, it's that time of year again, and the white nationalist warriors over at Fox Never Was a News Channel are fighting the war on Christmas. Their latest perceived enemy is a holiday video Jill Biden, our first lady, put out, showcasing the White House decorated for the holidays. Now, you're probably thinking, where the fuck do these people at Fox find the time? And hey... I ask myself the same question several times a day. But either way, here's a montage. There's nothing quite like Christmas at the White House, but this year, Jill Biden did what Bidens do. She plagiarized, recreating the Nutcracker scene, but with a twist. Features tap dancers performing the Nutcracker in the White House. First Lady Jill Biden getting mocked online for this White House Christmas video, which social media users deemed cringeworthy. Oh, but wait, there's more. The New York City dance company she hired to perform promotes defunding the police, prison abolition, and the New York Times discredited 1619 project. Others say it looks like the Hunger Games or Clockwork Orange. Turns out it was Jill Biden's cocaine in the White House. Over the <laughs> oh, no, no. Who had any idea? I mean, how would you approve of this if you were sober because it's absurd okay that video looks like the type of dream you would have if you dropped acid and went to bed uh have these pasty plastics never seen the nutcracker before <laughs> because that bloke acted like he was shocked by jill biden's accurate and quite psychedelic interpretation of the set designs of the play and every film adaptation of that story, at least I've ever seen. <laughs> and not for nothing, but what part of the story of a little girl befriending a Nutcracker doll that comes to life and fights alongside her wooden companion against a rat wearing a crown on his furry head screams grounded in reality? <laughs> 
But you know what? I'm not going to get into a debate over aesthetics and a storytelling with an overinflated ass bud who probably can't spell the word aesthetics anyway. What I am going to do is move right along to the latest depths that the Republicans in D.C. have sunk. And spoiler alert, it's pretty impressively low. Just before the entire Congress went on a three-week break for the holidays, Republicans led by House Speaker and possible material witness currently unindicted for his role in Dolt 45's fake elector scheme, Mr. Mike Johnson, voted to formally continue their already-in-progress impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. And if you guess this impeachment inquiry has nothing to do with Joe's son, Hunter, you would be correct. But then again, if you guess this impeachment inquiry actually has to do with the fact that Dingus Khan was impeached twice during his reign of orange terror for actual high crimes and misdemeanors, you'd be even more correct. The only problem is... Republicans know there is no evidence linking President Biden to anything his son Hunter is being accused of or even indicted for, for that matter. This morning, House Republicans are pushing ahead with an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, despite finding no evidence of wrongdoing in nearly a year of investigations. The inquiry is focused on allegations that the president abused his power to enrich his family and whether he made decisions while vice president to boost his son Hunter's businesses. During a heated floor debate, Democrats accuse Republicans of acting on behalf of twice impeached former President Donald Trump ahead of next year's election. Welcome to the Donald Trump. Revenge show. Even some Republicans openly admit they've seen no hard evidence. I'm going to just follow the facts where they are, and the facts haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything. With the presidential election less than a year away, several Republicans seem to say the quiet part out loud. What are you hoping to gain from an impeachment inquiry? All I can see is Donald J. Trump 2024. Maybe. This has been, I think, the most transparent uh, political or uh, 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 congressional investigation since, since I've been in Congress. <laughs> the best thing about Comer is he tells the truth, even when he doesn't want to. So far, the DOJ has Hunter up for 20 years in prison if he is convicted of tax evasion. But the maggots and the Republican Party, they're just not satisfied. So they've been trying to convince all of us that a bunch of car loan payments between a father and a son are an elaborate yawn laundering scheme. And of course, that's made for some memorable jokes like this exchange between Kentucky's very own land swapping for tax evasion purposes kind of congressman and chair of the Judiciary Committee, Mr. James Comer, along with CNN's Jake Tapper. Roll tape. And my concern is that Weiss may have indicted Hunter Biden to protect him from ah, having to be deposed Yes, in the, in the House Oversight Committee yes. on Wednesday. He but indicted we him to protect him. The classic rubric. This whole thing's been about a cover-up. That's why he Serious indicted concern. him to, to protect him, to, to cover it up. Look, you indict him on the least little thing, the gun charge and not paying taxes. He's facing like 17 I mean, additional years in prison. The counter argument might, might be he's only charging crimes for which there is actual evidence 
Can you name one piece of evidence or testimony that directly and credibly connects President Biden to any of this proven misconduct? We believe President Biden committed a quid pro quo uh, when he leveraged a billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer money in Ukraine in exchange for firing the prosecutor, Shokin. The entire Western world wanted Shokin fired, including Republican members of the House and the Senate. You bet you sweet as they did. Not only did everyone want Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin to lose his job back in 2016, it was also for a good cause. Viktor was corrupt AF. And even Republicans in Congress recognized that and was extremely supportive of Victor's unemployment opportunities. However, Victor wasn't investigating Hunter Biden's company Burisma. So Comer's fairy tale that Victor got a pink slip with a little help from Hunter's father to keep him off Hunter's trail is about as fact-based as that Noah's Ark Museum trader Johnson's helped finance into existence in Comer's embarrassing state of Kentucky. So what does a simple con man who owns multiple shell companies, and one with his wife, by the way, do when he is humiliated on national television, and rightfully so, being called out as he is wasting taxpayer money on every episode he produces of his political circus? Why he marches his chubby ass right to Newsmax Alternative News Network, where he can have a conspiracy-filled mantrum. He's making your investigation sound like a joke, and he's trying to make you look like a joke. And then half of yeah. America sees that, and they think your investigation is a joke. How do you work around that? Well, that's the first time I went on CNN in three months. Jake Tapper is an intelligent guy, but he's playing to a low IQ audience. Jake's doing what he's told uh, by his bosses at CNN who are doing what they're told by their bosses at the Democrat National Committee. I mean, CNN is a wholly owned, unprofitable subsidiary of the Democrat National Committee. Oh, <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me how comfortable Republican voters actually are with electing whiny crooks to Congress. <laughs> and for those of you in the back, CNN is a wholly owned subsidiary of Warner Brothers Studios, not the Democratic National Convention. But hey, no one ever accused a man who represents a state whose education rank is 32 out of 50 of being even moderately intelligent which is why Hunter Biden was able to call Jimmy Moron out on his bluff when the Judiciary Committee offered a closed or very public hearing to Hunter Biden's attorneys. See, Jabba the Comover thought Hunter would be so intimidated by having to appear before his Judiciary Committee's glory that he would reject both offers. But <laughs> Hunter, he's smarter than a fifth grader. A lot smarter. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer. When you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. That's right, kiddies. Hunter went to Washington, 
stood at the Capitol steps in front of a live press-filled audience and accepted Coward Comer's offer to testify in a public hearing. Now, you'd think Republicans would be salivating at the opportunity to aggressively question the man who is the son of the man they dream of impeaching every single night on behalf of the leaning gourd of orange. But no. The Republicans ignored Hunter at the door, refused to hold a public hearing, and then proceeded to make President Biden's impeachment inquiry official before running home for Christmas. Because that's what you do when you've got this single-party impeachment agenda going on. And while we're on the subject of political schemes to punish your opponents, didn't Speaker Creationist Johnson warn about this very thing when he himself was just a co-conspirator of what ended up being January 6th insurrection? Here is some of what Porn Monitor Johnson had to say way back then. The founding fathers, the founders of this country warned against single party impeachment. They said that it would be bitterly divisive, perhaps irreparably divisive for the country. The founders of this country warned us against a single party impeachment because they feared it would bitterly and perhaps irreparably divide our nation. The founders of this country warned against a single party impeachment. You know why? You guys know why. Because they feared it would bitterly and perhaps irreparably divide our nation. The founding fathers warned us. I mean, they feared a single-party impeachment. They knew that it would bitterly divide the country. It might be irreparable damage to the country. You know, our founding fathers warned us about a lot of things. For example, how we should not let the encroachment of the Christian faith into our democratic republic, especially by one of our political parties. See, our founding fathers were very adamant that religion, specifically Christianity, quote, had no role in government. And I quote, the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. But that hasn't stopped anything like the attack on women's rights to reproductive freedom that I opened the show with. And abortion restriction is all about controlling women. And that stupid idea comes from patriarchal religions such as Christianity. But hey, I digress. The point is, when it was Schitler running things, impeachment was an affront to everything the Republicans were trying to accomplish, mainly enacting a coup from within. But now that President Biden is in, or rather being impeached, apparently the same rules don't apply because by rules I mean how you conduct an investigation. See, when something goes wrong, traditionally an investigation begins, evidence is collected, and suspects are questioned. But in Republican land, investigations are conducted in order to find something wrong and reverse engineer evidence to fit the already established narrative. Or as criminal finder General Johnson explained. The impeachment inquiry is necessary now, as, our, as Whip Emmer just explained, because we've come to this impasse. The White House is impeding that investigation now. They're not allowing witnesses to come forward and thousands of pages of documents. So we have no choice. Oh, I, you had no choice. Oh, well, have you ever heard of a subpoena for records? Then that you can obtain in any courtroom in Washington, D.C., because believe it or not, that is how you compel someone to hand over documents, at least in a legitimate investigation. And with Feckless Johnson being an attorney by trade, I can guarantee you 
He knows about subpoenas and how to get one. So what's stopping Republicans from getting one? (laughs) Well, unlike the court of public opinion, a court of law requires you to provide evidence of wrongdoing in order to justify their demand for documents and testimony. And as of the recording of this show, Republicans don't have the goods. Hence, their reverse engineering scheme. Or, as a Republican told Congressman Joe Neguse during a congressional hearing, what, what is the specific constitutional crime that you're investigating? Well, we're having an inquiry, so we can do an investigation and okay. control the production of witnesses. <laughs> and what is the crime and, you're investigating? And documents. High crimes, misdemeanors, and bribery. What high crime and misdemeanor are you investigating? Look, I, I will, once I get time, I will explain what we're looking at and I will make the equivalency no, I'm just of asking you the for last the, impeachment. I, Unfortunately, my friends, that to be continued will have to wait until Republicans get back to Congress next year. Will they have the evidence on Hunter Biden by then? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. But if that's not enough for you, you can catch me on the podcast Face Palm America with host Beowulf Rocklin, where we make fun of the news in real time on a recorded podcast. Follow the show on social media wherever you can find us. And this week again is available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show and to Der for now. <laughs>